that same line, uh, Servant Evangelism is going out the 19th, the Saturday the 19th of this month. And so, I, you know, you'll want to be a part of that. You ought to be a part of that if you can on that, on that day. Amen. Well, you know, um, God's been good to us all year through the years, but, you know, there's, a, there's an outpouring. We knew it was coming. How many of y'all know we knew it was coming? We've, we've, we've let the prophet speak to us, and so here we're experiencing this. And so the devil couldn't stop it. If the devil could stop it, he would have stopped it. Y'all help me if you can. If he could have, he would have, because he is toast if this thing gets launched. Well, the only thing he can do now is steal it back. It's the only option he's got it, because we got it. We got healed, we got delivered, we got financial things. I've heard it all. I mean, we just heard it. So all he can do is try to steal it back. So all we can do then is not, uh, not only just say you can't steal it back, but bless God, devil, we're taking new ground in it. We're going to take new ground in it. We're, we're going to increase. We're going to let this move of God increase in our life. So we're just going to teach. We're going to minister. We're going to stay on this track for a while and make sure we stay strong until we can move on in some things, until we can take new ground. We're not going to lose any ground. So turn in your Bible, if you would, with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Now I want to share some things about uh, the miracles. I was going to minister this this next Sunday morning, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do something else next Sunday morning because this is coming out tonight. Hallelujah. Chapter, uh, chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. Now, at the new birth, when you got saved, when you got born again, like a seed inside of you, everything you need for life, for victory, for success, for supply is already on the inside. This is a major concept to a lot of people, to all of us, to not be looking out here and saying, Lord, send something. Lord, you know, help me with this. But to understand the greater ones already on the inside of us and at the new birth, like a seed that has everything it needs to grow. Y'all know a seed, little as it is, has everything it needs to produce its whole life and to bring forth uh, success. We have that seed inside of us. And then we water it with the word and we, we, we cultivate it with uh, prayer and all those things. But everything you need to fulfill the destiny of your life is in the, on the inside of you. And so now we're not asking God from down here looking up saying, Lord, do something. Help me. Jesus says he's already done everything he's going to do for our lives. He said it's finished. So we're living that out, and, and, and so we're, we're looking at what's on the inside of us. And the way to tell what's on the inside of you, the only way to tell is by the Word of God. You can't know, and we have to go to the place where you don't know anything about your life, about who you are in Christ, and what you can and can't do except from the Word. No experience, no tradition, no, no nothing that we know. We have to almost like uh, take that out of our life and just leave it. That's why when new Christians come into the kingdom, it's so much better for them to come into this walk than it is for some of us that have been down a different road. Because we're always purging, getting rid of, and contrasting it and looking at it. But somebody new just say, you just tell them, you need the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. Okay. <laughs> you need to lay hands on the sick so they'll recover. Okay. <laughs> and it's just precious. It's just wonderful versus, well, I don't know. I heard this and I thought that and this doesn't feel right. You know, you just love, love it for that. I brought to you tonight as an object lesson the... Uh, the uh, MSRP, the sticker that came off my little red Tahoe in 2002 when I bought it. And uh, this sticker tells me that everything that's in my Tahoe, and I've checked it out in the last four years. I got 107,000 miles on it. I, I love that little red truck. And everything that's on here is in that. It's, it says that I have, uh, I have front and side impact airbags. Now, I'm not sure about that. I've never tested it over that. But I have four-wheel disc brakes with ABS. I have daytime running lights. I have fog lamps. I have power windows. I have a cargo area net. No, I lost that. I have a gauge package. And then over here, I have options. I have a nine-speaker system with subwoofer. What do you do with that, you reckon? I have, I have six-way power-heated bucket seats and driver memory. 
What could you do with that? I've never engaged that. But it's all in here, and there's a price here that it costs to have all that stuff. And so the more stuff you have on here, you know, the bigger the price and all that sort of stuff. So this is what's inside. This is a list of what's inside. And if I want something that's on my truck that's not listed here, I have to go outside and get it because only what's here is in my truck, but everything in here is in my truck. Well, it's just like this. The Word of God is just like this MSRP thing. Manufacturer suggested retail price, I think is what that means. Everything that you need is already inside of here. And so you may not feel like you could lay hands on the sick. You may not feel like you're healed. You may not feel rich, but, you know, we go back to this all the time. It's like putting a thermometer in your mouth and trying to figure out how much you weigh. It's just not work. It's just not the same realm. You can't get on scales and say 98.6, I feel good. It's a different realm. You can't take a bat onto the basketball court and play legally. So we can't go by feelings, experiences. We have to go by this. This is, this is the scales to see how much you weigh. This is the thermometer that tells you what your temperature is. This is it. And we, we would not be foolish to say, uh, you know, teach our children. Now put this thermometer in because, you know, we're going to see if you need to go on a diet or something. Because It's not applicable. It's, it's another realm. And this is the realm of life we have to live in. You see how foolish we would be in heaven trying to say, well, I, I, I don't have that, when the Word says you do have that. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, I feel ashamed because I messed up last week, and so I don't think I could, that there's any power in me. You've got to go by what the Word says. The seed is empowered. Even in adversity, even in trouble, even in drought, they've put seed, they've taken seeds out of Egyptian tombs 5,000 years later. It should have been gone. It should have decayed. But 5,000 years, they take the seed out of a tomb, put it in the ground, throw some water on it, and boom, the seed is empowered from within. And so you and I are. And I know you've been through some things. I've been through some things. Thunder, what do we care what we've been through? The power's on the inside, not on the outside. And so we're empowered from inside. And this, this earth suit, this body has nothing to do with nothing. People may say you're not pretty. Some people may say short's not cool. You know, all the things that people judge, it doesn't matter. What's on the inside is what we are. That's right. What's on the inside is what we have. And the word tells us what we are and what we have and what we can do. And until you've tapped out what the word says, you shouldn't stop. You shouldn't slow down. You shouldn't back up. You shouldn't quit. Amen. We should contend. We should pull. We should run the race. We should, we, should, we should keep in there until we declare it has happened just as it says. Because that's who we are. We're not trying to make something happen. It's already happened. We're discovering what has already happened. Amen? Amen. So we say that we don't know anything about ourselves except in the Word of God. We're reading about ourselves. You know, the Lord Jesus had to go into the Scriptures and find out who He was. People think, well, He's just God. He knew who He was. No, He had to go to the Scriptures and find out. He had to discover Himself in the Word, and you and I do too. you got to find out you're anointed. Well, I don't feel anointed. Well, the Word says you're anointed. <laughs> There's an anointing in you, and it abides forever, and you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. So you got you got to walk around saying, you can't say, I don't know. I don't understand. It beats me. you got to go around and say, I have an unction. For, I know. I understand. Well, you don't feel like it. Well, if I knew, I'd say I knew, but I don't know. Yes, you do. It's just not in your head. It's down in here. It's down in here. It's down in here. And if you'll look for it, because it is down in there, you'll find it. If somebody told you, well, the, the, the thing you're looking for is in that box. Well, I don't see it. Well, they're just looking over the top. I don't see it. Well, it's in there. Well, you may have to dig around a little bit. You may have to take something out. You may have to change the arrangement to find out what's in there. But they said it's in there. Well, it's not always on the surface. How to be rich, how to get healed, how, how to manifest the things that the Word says you are. But it's in there. That's right. So we just keep pressing. And we don't say, well, God made some people healed and he made some weak and they have cancer or they have memory loss or they have Alzheimer's or they have, you know, kidney things. No, he didn't say that. He says it's all healing and wholeness is down, down in here. And by the word of God, we access it. We pull it out. We bring it to from the inside to the outside. I said we bring it from the inside. There's something on the inside 
working on the outside. And everybody's looking on the outside. Well, I don't think so. Well, it's you're looking on the outside. The outside realm, we looked at the scripture Sunday morning, 2 Corinthians 4.18, where it says that we take aim not at the things that are seen, the outside. The, the seen never changes the unseen. The unseen changes the seen. So we look down in here and say, I know you're in there, healing. I know you're in there, full supply. I know you're in there. Bank account says you're not in there, but the Word of God says you're in there. Symptoms say you're not in there, but the, the Word of God says you're in there. So we keep pressing. We keep, we keep clearing off the trash of generations that have been piled on us and gunked on us and things we've been through by people and the devil himself, and, and, and we just peel it off. And don't get that old poor me attitude, but we get the, I'm the righteousness of God in him. I am alive unto God. I am an heir and a joint heir with him. You know, the, the, not to be critical, but, but you have to even be listen, careful what you listen to. It. This, uh, these, uh, one of these tapes we were listening to, uh, the uh, Remember, the, you know, talks about Jesus being the son, like he was the only son. Well, it's a techno, I understand, but you've got to be sensitized to that to know that Jesus isn't the only son. He was the only begotten son. There was a point in time that he was the only begotten son, but after the new birth, Jesus is no longer the only begotten son because I'm a son and you're a son now. But it was right, it was accurate when it was written that he was, but now he's not. And it says he's the firstborn from the dead implying there's going to be more of us born from the dead. Well, I've been born from the dead. I died, but now I live. So you can't go back to every scripture and say, well, you know, Jesus is the, he's the only son. He's not. Well, that's in that song, and I'm just like, I'm cool with it. I'm not having a hard time, but, you know, you, you need to know that, that when you have some things honed and fine-tuned in your life, even when you listen to a spiritual song that's just off a little bit, you'll pick it up. And you won't let that go in. You won't let that be a part of it. And, and that's pretty harmless. That's not going to be affecting you. But you just, you just, you're, you're fine-tuned so that when something does try to slip in, you close the door. People believe, you know, that it's not God's will to heal everybody all the time. You, they won't say it, but you can't get them to say that it's always God's will to heal everybody all the time. You can't get people a lot of times to say that. They'll hedge on it. They'll say, well, and right there at the well, you know. There's a stack of it behind the door. <laughs> but you just got to deal with it. You got to work it until finally you can say with a confidence, it is always God's will to heal and supply everybody at every level every time. And if they're not, it's not God's fault because the seed is inside. Now, John 10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. To have, to have it till it overflows. So that thing, that seed, I have come, is, is inside of you. It's in Forrest. It's in Rachel. It's in Deborah. It's in all of us. That seed of fullness, that seed of overflow is inside of us from the new birth. I heard someone preaching this week and, and laying hands on people saying, you know, receive the mind of Christ. I'm praying for you, you'll get the mind of Christ. It's coming on your head and you're going to have the mind of Christ. Well, you know, it's just not true. You can't pray for that. It's already happened at the new birth. We got the mind of Christ, and it's not in our head. It's down in here. And so sometimes you've got you to arrest the mind of Michael to get the mind of Christ because the mind of Michael is out on the forefront. It's what's doing the work. It's, it's, it's taking the stuff of the world, but the mind of Christ is right behind that, and it'll step up if you'll move over, and it'll tell you this is how it is. But see, this preacher was just, you know, just getting everybody filled with the mind of Christ. <laughs> we got it. I got it. It's nothing to get. I got it. Amen. So, so the promises of God, the promises of God are what make you whole. I mean, it's what, it, it's what brings the seed to life. You get into the Word, and you find out what's already been happening. You find out, you, you know, you look at a corn seed, and you look at the texture and the color and the size, and you discern with your senses, this is a corn seed. You never get it mixed up with, a, with an avocado seed. You wouldn't have an avocado seed there, which is big as a golf ball, and, and a corn seed, and say, well, they're both seeds. You discern that with your senses, which is what? And you look at it. Well, what's inside of you? 
You got to discern what's inside of you. You can't just feel. You can't just, you got to look in the word of God and say, Woo, I am more than a conqueror. Five foot six, more than a conqueror. Bring it on, devil. You're not messing with this, this thing on the outside. You're messing with the thing on the inside that God put here at the new birth. I've been regenerated. I've been born again. I've been made like him. And the one I'm made like has already whipped him all the way to Sunday and back. And I'm just standing in his place till he comes after me. Enforcing the victory. So, see, we got to find out who we are on the inside. And I'm talking about miracles if I can get to it. So, how do you get the transition from being broke not having any money in the bank, to being made rich. He says he made you rich, that by his poverty ye have been made rich. How do you get that transition? Well, faith is what does it. Faith makes the transition from how you are physically to how you are spiritually. Amen. So what does faith do? Now it's got some attributes, but we just got to keep this in mind. Because, see, we had a visitation, but we can't have Jack here all the time, Brother Jack. You know, we can't have him all the time. It's not dependent on him. It wouldn't even be good for him to be here all the time. We, he is not the Lord. I am not the Lord. We, we, we serve him, but he's on the inside of us. And so he just cranked the handle so we'd know how to, you know, we watched and said, that's how you do it. Okay, I can do that. So one thing we know is that faith believes. People say, oh, I got faith. What do, you, what do you believe? Well, I don't believe nothing, but I got faith. Well, it's, and the other thing we know is that faith speaks, and faith acts, and faith rests. Amen. Look here in 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says, we having the same spirit of faith, say, that's me. Amen. See, it said, he, Paul says, we have the same spirit of faith according as it is written. Well, that means he quoted an Old Testament scripture, and uh, what was the scripture? I believed, and therefore have I spoken. Let's see, where is that verse? That's in Psalms 116.10. Is that what your margin says? Amen. Well, it is, whether it, your margin says it or not. He quoted that scripture. So Paul says, we have the same spirit of faith according as what it was quoted. Therefore, he said, we also believe and therefore speak. Now, we got to get this confession thing lined up. Faith is conveyed with words. Faith is conveyed with words. Y'all, we're not going to have any faith by thinking. Thinking is almost useless to faith. And it can be a great hindrance, an impediment, an encumbrance. Thinking is not that good of a deal. And faith does not need us to think. But when you believe, when you believe, when you say, I believe, but how can you tell you believe? You know, you say, well, I feel like I've lost five pounds. Well, what does losing five pounds feel like? Well, I can just feel it. You know, I put on my Levi's and I can feel it and everything. But to verify it, you got to go get on some scales. You got to go in there and the dial will tell you, ha, you had not lose five pounds. You're 20 pounds over. <laughs> you, you, so you got to get something. So how do we know we're in faith? Well, he says we believe, look what it says there, and therefore speak. Faith that's full-grown, faith that's mountain-moving faith, faith that's, can, that's mature, faith that can do the job, speaks. So you're wondering, well, do I have faith? Now, that doesn't mean you can't mimic, that you can't say some things. You can't say, I'm healed, because you can. You can say, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. But saying it doesn't make the power of God, the ability of God, go and change a situation. It's faith-filled words faith filled. It's not the words, but it's the faith in the words that's conveyed. If you want to deliver something, you got to put it in the truck and you got to go to that address and unload it. And you can say, I delivered it. You can't just say, I want you to have it. And I believe you receive it. And I don't want it anymore. And I know you, you know, you got to pick it up and you got to deliver it. Faith has to be delivered, doesn't it? And the way it's delivered in this realm is through speaking. So we stir ourselves up. We get in an atmosphere where there's faith. We begin to fill ourselves with the words of the scriptures. And we, we combat, we, we uh, assault our carnal minds, our unbelieving minds. Our minds may be just ignorant, just don't know about healing. We've all been in here where we didn't know about healing. We've all been in here where we didn't know about the Holy Ghost or the new birth. 
So we had to hear, and we heard, and it stimulated us. It stirred us up, and so we kept ourselves stirred up. Listen, Debbie's been teaching in healing service, you know, about these things, and it's so important not to just say, well, I went up there, and it wasn't instant. Well, faith is going to be involved every single time, and it's not, it's not something you can just get up there and say, well, where's your magic wand, the one that Jack used, and just throw it on me? Well, there was an atmosphere there, and there was things that were conveyed because there was an atmosphere of faith, and he brought that thing in here. Well, you, you know, you got to keep on living. I got to keep on going. So we got to keep on ministering in the realm of faith. We can't wait for another meeting. Because then all we can do is invite people to a meeting. Words carry spiritual power. They can carry the life of God, or they can carry the, the death of the devil. That you, can, you can murder with words. You can steal with words. The devil's always trying to get you to put robbing words in your, in your mouth and, and to believe those things. Well, nothing ever good ever happens to me. Well, you know, you know, Daddy said I'd never amount to anything, and sure enough, that's what's happening. You know, those words go forward, and they, 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 they can bring death and dearth and, and trouble. Um, I wrote down here in my notes, all death in a Christian, every form of death in a Christian is the residue of the unrenewed mind. Wherever we have a renewed mind, because the seed of the, good, the greater one that's on the inside of us, if our mind's renewed to who we are and what we have and what we can do, if our mind's not in the way, there is no death. Death is defeated by the renewed mind. I mean, it's already defeated. I mean, it's already defeated, but we take hold of the victory. We, we enter the city gates, so to speak, when we have a renewed mind. And Romans says, it be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, be ye renovated by the renewing of your mind, that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's important that we stay in the Word and that we're not just looking for a meeting. Well, just bring the meeting back. Listen, y'all, Now I'll just give y'all a little idea about what's going to happen. You that are the saints, you here that are, we're going to have to contend for the next level. Brother Jack's not going to come back and we're going to say, woo, we just, we've been sitting on the side of the road all since you've been left. Glad you came back. I'm not coming against this or anything. I'm just telling you, we got to grow. We even have to make a habitation for what God wants to bring through this man. It's up to us. He can do no more. You can do more. If you put a key in a car, it doesn't matter. The key does not make the car powerful. If there's a four cylinder under the hood, that key will crank a four cylinder. And if there's a Eight cylinder in there, the, the key will crank that. It's not got much to do with the key, how fast you can run. And so God's going to send us some keys, but we got to have this thing developed on the inside. So we are. So the only job of the Christian is to renew our mind. You say, well, we need to walk by love. We need to, you know, well, yeah, renew your mind and you will. Well, we need to, you know, live it by faith. Well, renew your mind and you will. Well, we need to be healed. We need to hear things about healing. Yeah, renew your mind and you'll be there because the seed is on the inside. You're healed on the inside. You're fully supplied on the inside. You're a rich man and a rich woman on the inside. Well, why, you know, let's get it out. Yeah, let's get it out. Renew your mind. Sometimes you just got to stand up and say no to lack, even if it comes in the most subtle forms, even if it comes in the most uh, unassuming uh, uh, ways, just like I told you about this man saying those things. And even like Jason Upton, which I love that music. But, you know, you just you go, okay, I'm rejecting that, and then moving on. Not throwing out the whole thing, not getting, you know, the crowd up to get mad, just saying, you know, I heard that, Lord, thank you. Amen. So we have, you and I have great power in the unseen realm. So we got to start living in the unseen realm. I said we got to start living in the unseen realm. The realm that is not subject to change. Hallelujah. Um, Devils and angels, listen, they don't, they have eternal spirit bodies. The bodies that devils and demons have, which is the bodies that we're going to have, That'll, you know, eternal bodies, bodies that don't decay, they have this advantage over us in that sense. Yet, 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 even us being in these natural carnal bodies, every angel and every devil has to obey you. 
for all their advantages and all their celestial dwellings and all their, their inside and their, their privy to so much, they know so much, yet all of them have to stop when you and I speak. In the name of Jesus, we command angels to do the bidding of the Lord in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we've been given authority over every devil, including the devil, and he has to obey us every time. Every time. So we're in a great position. We don't want to squander it by saying, well, I'm just down here and just struggling and getting along and I don't, people are mad at me and I don't, and just getting our feelings hurt and getting offended and not, you know, and being lazy. We need to be on this, y'all. This is the hour we were born for. Matthew 6, 31, turn there with me. I want to talk to you tonight about there's a miracle in your mouth. A miracle in your mouth. Hallelujah. And you've got it. There's a scripture in Matthew 6.31 that I want to look at to just to, to make my point here about the Lord Jesus said in verse 31. He's, he's in a discourse here about don't, don't be anxious. Don't let worry. Don't be thinking about natural things, what you're going to wear and all that sort of stuff. Eat. He said in verse 31, he sums it up. He says, therefore, so you've got to find out what the therefore is there for. He said, therefore, take no thought saying. Let's say that to ourselves. Take no thought saying. So you can think things, and it's neutral. Nothing happens. It's what you do with your thinking, with your mouth. Because when believing reaches a certain saturation point, a certain uh, uh, a point of uh, overflow, faith will speak. And when it speaks, it will create. Positive or negative. So Jesus said, take no thought saying, don't just say what you're thinking. If you have to think, if you have to get your mind sorted, if, you got, if you're renewing your mind and you're thinking, we can't afford that. If you're thinking, we can't go there. If you're thinking, my life's a wreck, and you're disregarding what the word has said about you, he said, while you're sorting that out, don't say a word. Because words will set your present dilemma into your future. When he said take no thought there, the word in the Greek is no anxious or care-filled thought is what it literally means. It's that kind of thought in the Greek. Take no anxious or care-filled thought. Saying. So there's a lot of opportunities, y'all, that during the course of a day and a life, we, have, we can't say anything. You're just almost rude. No comment. No comment. No comment. I just can't talk about that. Well, gas is so high, you know, we just can't do anything. And, we, and, you know, it's just terrible what they're doing here. And No comment. No comment. I just can't say that, you know, well, gas is so high, you know, we're just going to have to. No comment. Because <laughs> that's an anxious thought. What would you say if it was $5? Well, we'd be all through the roof. Well, take no anxious thought. Because the seed to get where you need to go and be where you need to be is down on the inside. And we got to look to that. And we can't be setting things in like, well, if it goes to $4, I'll just tell you, I'm shutting down and I'm doing this and I'm not doing that and, and I'm just changing this. Really? Don't let the devil know that you can be shut down because you've just empowered him. Whatever it'll take to shut you down, he's on it. Nothing shuts me down is my confession. <laughs> if I have to be translated. Amen. Sure missed that downtown traffic if you were. Praise the Lord. So I say it again. Thinking has very little to do with our faith. Take no anxious thoughts saying. So your thinking is almost irrelevant. We're to meditate. We're to meditate. We're to meditate the word of God until it dominates our thinking. We're to meditate. We're to meditate. We're supposed to get over there. And, you know, if you were like me, you were raised. I was raised in a lot of lack, a lot of lack. I mean, they lived it. They said it. We believed it. We had it. It was, we had it in the hundredfold return. We, we, were, we were in the, that special realm, you know. Literally one time, uh, my, my mother just apologized to me, but we, we went out on Saturdays to the dump yard. 
Yeah, and because uh, there's all sorts of cool stuff out there, according, you know. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, the whole family went out there. And one time, some friends drove by that I knew, and they saw me out there. And it just grieved my mother because she saw them see me, you know, and that sort of thing. So I've been there. I've been there. So sometimes you got to get over. You can't just say, you just can't go to church and hear the preacher say, well, God wants to supply you, and you're, you're blessed. you got to go home, and you got to work things out. You got to work things out. You, somebody over here that's born with a silver spoon in their mouth or whatever, or was raised in a home of giving and believing and prosperity, you don't, they don't have to do what you have to do. Some people are just born naturally handsome or beautiful, and they just stand up and everybody goes, oh, isn't that wonderful? But other people got to work on it. <laughs> I mean, some of us just got to work on it. We, we can't just go out the door looking like whatever. We need help. So, you know, wherever you need help, you got to get it. And you got to work on it. So concerning prosperity, I've had to work on it. I've had to pound my life. I've had to take my life and, and watch what I thought about and just get almost obnoxious thinking about what is against the Scriptures, what's against who I am, what's against what I have, and, and even battling against my present condition year after year that I have not manifest who I am, that I am a greater than Solomon in wealth. According to the word of God, I am I, what Jesus had. I have. So, so I, you know, and you contend for that and you pull on that and you change. And then you can speak and you have words, you convey faith filled words, mountain moving words, you convey them and they have an effect. And every miracle that happened in this meeting, somebody said something. It wasn't eloquent, maybe. It maybe wasn't according to scriptures. You know, Shandai, Matthew this, and Ephesians. But they just said, Lord, I, I just ask you to heal me right now. <sighs> he just fell into that. He rushed into that, and it happened. Amen. But now, we, you know, after you get that, you've got to know more now. We've got to know more. We've got to know more. Hallelujah. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 talks about this. I don't want to hurt your feelings here, but I will say that 2 Corinthians chapter 10 implies that you and I now of people of faith, we have to live differently in our head. It says in verse 3, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Um, that word strongholds is also translated arguments and reasonings. It's not talking about devils, y'all. The pulling down of strongholds here, and you can get it in context here. These verses are in context. It's not talking about devils here. Devils are whipped. I said devils are no problem for you and I. They are not the problem. There is no problem in your life unless it's the problem of the unrenewed mind. And that is a serious problem. And he goes on to say, casting down imaginations. And see, that, that people say, well, you know, God gives you an imagination. Well, you know, we use our imagination, but I find that most people's imaginations are carnal, and they're natural, uh, and they're superseded by what we've been made, revelation. We're supposed to live by revelation. Jesus didn't say that the, that the church would, would kick in the gates of hell based on imaginations but we'd know who we were and what we have and what we're supposed to do. So now we don't live by imaginations. We don't try to cultivate our imaginations, which is the wanderings of the mind and the expansion of the mind. I don't want my mind to be in charge. It doesn't have a good track record. We, we hadn't been that good working out of my mind. But by revelation, I've hit it every time. I've won every time by revelation. I've entered in every time. And when I didn't, it's because I didn't follow the revelation. I went by the old tried and true, which wasn't neither. Hallelujah. And he says, so casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity. See, so we're going to have to do some things called warfare where you bring thoughts into captivity, where you have thoughts like I did of never having enough. Always, you know, living out of the secondhand store when I was in, you know, growing up and all these things. And I'm not mad about that. That's where my folks were. That's what we did. And, and, and they've prospered very well now on the other side of it. But, of course, I'm the pro product of that, and I've gone on, you know. I, uh, <laughs> so you have to take captive some thoughts. Like, I can't get a miracle. 
that we saw some marvelous things happen, but, but you came up and you went home the same way. You didn't get your miracle, so-called miracle. You know, you were like, woo, yeah, we're all excited. But then when you went home and got quiet, the stark reality of it still hurts. And, it, you know, it's still there and, and all those things. So you've got to cast down some imaginations. And you've got to take some thoughts captive. You've got you to contend for it when everybody else may around you have got it. But you went home and you didn't get it. And everybody's thrown in a testimony. Woo, yeah, we got it. Oh, yeah, go team. And you don't have anything to shout about because it's not there. Well, the Lord wants you to have it, but you can't quit. You can't look to that. You can't lean to that. You've got to go look, looking back down inside of here and find out what the Word says is inside of here. And that's why I say there's a miracle in your mouth. Mark chapter 11 begins to tell us about that. We have a few minutes here. Let's just run through Mark chapter 11. Jesus, the Lord Jesus, gave us this formula, this, this principle, as it were, not formula, but this principle here in chapter 11, verse 23. And you've read it, and we know it, but we often don't live it. We live by it. We live parallel to it. We're close to it. But you've got to get in the middle of it. Because this principle of faith is conveyed by words, cannot be violated. We believe, and therefore we also speak. Let me tell you something, family. We're not speaking enough. We're not talking enough. We're hallelujah, amen, and plenty. We're with the people that are going, yes, we're with them. And it's almost like, well, yeah, I got it too because they got it and I was standing there and I was happy for them. But we got to speak more. There's nothing happening until we speak. Now, there's a lot to go in before we speak. And we're not saying speak only. You've got to prepare some things. You've got to evict some things. You've got to put some things in. You've got to get in some atmospheres. That's what this revival was all about, is that we all had an appointment with God for a revival. We all came into one accord about it. We all said, we will be there. God will be there, and there will be a transaction. I, we were like that Genesis 11 people that, that of Tower of Babel that God says nothing that they supposed to do will be withheld from them. We were on course. We weren't going to be denied, and we weren't. But there's things in your life that you're going to have to contend for that just after the meeting's going home, it's still there. It's still there. And Jesus said in chapter 11, verse 23, he said, Verily I say to you, that whosoever shall say to the mountain, to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So I want you to notice here, it's based on what you say. It's not, he didn't say that believe those things which God saith shall come to pass. He'll have whatsoever God saith. He doesn't say that because it's not so. God saith a lot of things. God saith that you got it. God saith that it's done. God saith you're holy. God saith you're anointed. God saith that you're rich. But it's not according to what God saith until you saith. Until you agree with God. Well, okay, I'll just say it. Well, the head don't count. The head is disqualified. So we got, how do you get the heart in there? Well, the heart doesn't come easy, and thank God. Seducing spirits can't just come by and drag your heart off. You know, witchcraft just can't come by and just seduce you. So on the other hand, since it doesn't go easy there, you've got to know that for the things that are holy and the things that are righteous, it takes some contending in your heart. But it wants to. It's been regenerated. It's God's side of you. It's already made like God. It's, it's in here. So it's your head. It's your head. So he said, But believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever things he saith. So you're going to have what you saith. Now here's the news. We've said this a hundred times. You're already, we're already having what we saith. It's not like something's coming up. Well, we need to see how this new angle on this new teaching is. No, it works like gravity. We're already having whatsoever we saith. It is our life. What you are today is what you said another day. Well, I don't think so. Oh, absolutely. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, in David quoted this scripture this morning, Mark chapter 10. Look, just slip back to verse 51 right there. Talking about this blind man. And everybody knew he was blind. And Jesus could tell he was blind because blind people have a demeanor about them. And you can, you can spot blind people. 
And, uh, and, and, and they all said, go, Jesus is calling you. In verse 51, Jesus answered and said to him, what do you ask him? What wilt that I should do unto thee? Like, duh, Lord Jesus, are you having a little rigor here? Are you having a little trouble here? You know, are you so, you know? But the, the principle is there, is that it's not what Jesus saith, the the covenant of grace, the covenant has, has already healed you, blind man. Abraham's covenant's in force here. You can be. No, the blind man had to say it, didn't he? Because he's going to have according to what he saith. And so the man said that I might receive my sight. Jesus said to him, go thy way, thy faith, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. So it's what you're saying. Now, so this is real tricky. Because, see, we've got all squirreled up in the church world, and I saw this, I see it all the time, where people come up and say, Uncle Ned, don't feel good, would y'all pray? And we get into a lather and a rigor, and we begin to, you know, pray for the one that brought that up there, and, you know, minister to them, and just work them over. And Uncle Ned's at home watching whatever, you know, whatever. And we just got this thing about transposing that, you know, well, he needs it. Therefore, God will just give it to him because they need it. No faith's involved. It's according to what he saith. So what's Uncle Ned saying? Now, there are things you can pray for people, but it's not just like the same as you praying for yourself and saying, Lord, I believe I receive right now your power coursing through my body. I believe I receive the answer to my financial need. Father, I thank you right now for the command of faith to come. And I'll in- it's not the same just to say, well, Lord, just bless Uncle Ned wherever he is. <laughs> and we get disappointed in God because we none of us expect anything to happen. But we're just as pleased as punch to do it again week after week and just throw it out there knowing, knowing it's nothing going to change, nothing that would give God glory. Nobody ever said, well, you know, Uncle Ned feels better. And everything. Glory to God. They just think he took his vitamins or whatever, that he got better glasses or, or whatever. No. So it's what you saith. So this, that's why we don't put a board up here and just pray for everybody in the town. We went to a church recently in my hometown, and the bulletin with the whole back page wasn't just full of Baptist needs. I could have put y'all on there, and they would be there to this day, week after week. Y'all could have made the list in Seagraves, Texas. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying we ought to be sincere. We ought to get results. We ought to do it the way the Word says it, and we ought, we ought, to, we ought to verify what the Word of God says about us. So there's a miracle in your mouth. Say there's a miracle in my mouth. Okay. So his words, this blind man's words had power. In Mark chapter 5, now look at this. Look at this. I want to show you all this. I want you to see this. This is triple cool. I think it is. You can make it a double cool, a single cool, just a little cool. But it's, to me, this is awesome. In chapter 5, verse 22, look at the progression here. We're not, you, you have to read the whole chapter to get the context. But anyway, verse 22, behold. So he was passed over again by ship to the other side. And then behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. Rulers of the synagogue. Jairus by name, and when he saw him, Jesus, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly. That word besought is real strong in the Greek. He besought him greatly saying. Notice he wasn't praying. He was saying, and he besought him greatly. He was passionate. He said, what did he say? He said, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, Come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed. And then what does he say? Let's read it together. And she shall live. Who said she shall live? Did God say she shall live? Did Jesus say she shall live? Did all the crowd say, and she shall live? No, Daddy said, if you'll come, lay your hands on her, she shall be healed, and she shall live. Now, immediately the devil is on this. But, you know, he's practically powerless because this man, he's sought after God. He's, he's worshipped Jesus. He's attributed worth and value to this man's ministry. He has recognized him as the source, as the, as the flow from heaven. He has got connected to the answer. You've got to connect to the answer. 
People that get answers got connected. People that went home sad, they did everything on the outside. They were there. Everybody was around. They were saying it. They were shouting. They were hollering. They were crying. They were on the floor eating carpet, but they didn't connect. And this man connected. But so... He's going to try to get disconnected. The devil's going to try to disconnect him. And so it says, and Jesus went with him, verse 24, and much people followed him and thronged him. And then verse 25, and a certain woman with an issue of blood came. So you know the story. We won't go into that. But we do note that after she got her miracle, he said to her in verse 34, daughter, your faith, thy faith. Well, what was her faith? That was in verse, uh, verse 28. If I but may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Who said that? Who made that up? Where, well, show me where that is in, 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 in Ezekiel or Isaiah or Hezekiah. Show me where that's a promise that if you touch the prophet's clothes, you'll be healed. It's not in there. She said it. She said it. Believes those things which she says, she shall have whatsoever things she says. But she was connected with the promises. It wasn't like you just say, I believe for a purple Cadillac to be in my living room. Well, you know, you got that's not in line with the character and nature of God. But what she was asking for was. And so it's a marvelous thing. She gets healed and the whole thing's marvelous. Then the opposition comes up, verse 35. Now, I just need you all to know that no matter what you get from God, the devil's not going to let it slide. And so what he does, it's almost as cool as the first attack because the devil has a counterattack that after you've got it, woo, I got my healing, we got blessed, we got it, woo, yeah. He lets you ride that for a few days, putting in the testimony card and sharing people, going to Walmart, I want to tell you what happened to me. He lets you ride there because all of a sudden your guard is down. You got it. And he comes to steal it because there's nothing more humbling and more into a person's future than to have something, shout about it, and then lose it. Mark Twain said this. It's not spiritual, but it's true. He said, a cat that jumps on a hot stove will never jump on any stove again. Well, a person that's got his healing or got his miracle and then loses it, it's hard for them to go back again. You know, the old story about if you fall off a horse, you've got to get right back on it because it's hard after that and all that. It's just the human part of us. So, so here the devil comes, and it says in verse 35, while he yet spake, he's just telling her, you are blessed. There came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, what they say, thy daughter is dead, thou try troublest the master any further. Right there you have the opposition. You have the devil's words. Now, they were truth. It's not like he lied here. It was true. Yeah, it was facts. That's what I mean. That's right. It's facts. But he's the one that had troubled the daughter in the first place. You understand, that's where the troubles came from. I need a little better amen there before we go on. And so he just snuffed that out because he just set this thing up so he can ruin it for everybody. Listen, when the devil comes against you, he's not just after you. He's not trying to just divorce you or get you sick. He's wanting to ruin the gospel in everybody you've ever that ever knew you was born again. I can hardly tell you about how many people get disappointed and change their doctrine when one of the saints dies from something and how they all said, well, one in particular was in Seminole. She went down to MD Anderson, which is the big cancer hospital in Texas, and uh, she went down there, and before she died in the hospital of cancer, she got 60 people born again. And so everybody said, you know what they said. It must have been God because look at all those people. I'd submit to you, you can get a plane ticket and go down to MD Anderson tomorrow and not have any cancer, and you can get 60 people born again. You don't have to be sick. you got to be led. And so as soon, verse 30, this is where we are right here. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, what word did he hear? Thy, thy uh, daughter is dead. He heard the word. As soon as Jesus heard the word which was spoken, he saith to the ruler, be not afraid, say it with me, only believe. Why? Why did he say that? Why didn't he just let him say that and he say, no, that's not what's going to happen. I'm going to show you something better. 
because the father had total control of the situation. He's the one that said with his own words, mountain be removed, be cast in the sea. I do not doubt in my heart, but I believe those things which I saith will come to pass. I will have whatsoever things I say. He said, if you will come and lay your hands on her, she will be healed and she will live. He could not say something different and have a miracle. So Jesus shut him up. Didn't matter what's going on in his head. Didn't matter that he's got imaginations. It doesn't matter that he is losing it. It doesn't matter that his emotions are strung out all over the world. What matters is what comes out of his mouth. And Jesus said, don't say a word. Only believe. And he suffered no man to follow. And it goes on there. Verse 39, it says, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. Jesus never acknowledged she was dead. And they laughed him to scorn. He put them all out. And then in verse 41, he said, now listen, he said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say in thee, arise. Now, we are all excited about the Lord Jesus getting this miracle done. And we're not taking anything away from him and him administrating the miracle. But you need to understand, like many of the miracles that happened, he just facilitated the power of God. It was their faith. It was them reaching out. It was them extending themselves. If you'll notice here that all he did in verse 41 was mimic what was said in verse 23, come and lay your hands on her, she will be healed, and she shall live. It had to be. It had to come to pass. It could not be denied. Jesus had to go to the house. He had to speak those words. They were already in play. And so it is with your words. There's a miracle in your mouth. It's in you. Well, God, when are you going to do something? He did 2,000 years ago. Then he gave you his holy written word, the very will of God written to you personally. And he said, here's what I expect from you, and here's I'm sending you the Holy Ghost so you can produce it in your life. There's a miracle in your mouth. Say, my mouth. So right now, you've got a miracle in your mouth. Well, what's the holdup? It's not God. Even in the driest of times, when there's nothing going on revival-wise, you know, it's in your mouth. There's a miracle in your mouth. So we're going to stand up tonight. And if you've got a miracle in your mouth, we're going to get it out. And we're going to get it in your life. Now, if you're here in tonight and you're dry bones, you don't have anything, you're just going, I don't feel anything, I don't want anything, well, then just be cool. Just keep renewing your mind. Just let this word continually wash you until one day, one, one, one hour, you say, bless God, I got a miracle in my mouth. But if you've got anything in you tonight that says, I, I am going to have it. Come and lay your hands on her. She shall be healed, and she shall live. Anybody got that kind of thing in them tonight that says, and I shall live, or I shall prosper, or I shall get that job, or I shall pay off that bill, or I shall. If you got it inside of you, nobody can keep it out. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Woo, thank you, Lord. It's all over us. It's all over us. The key's in you. The key's in you. The seed, the DNA of God's inside of you. You don't need anybody to tell you. You got it on the inside. We're not waiting for God to decide. You already got it. Hallelujah. 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 Now, if you're one of those, let's just, we got, we got about six minutes here. We got as long as we want, really, but I'm just trying to get y'all up here. Hallelujah. If you want us to just agree with you, you just come up here right now, and we're just going to, we're just going to, you're going to say it, and we're going to receive it. Hallelujah. I'm going to move three-fourths of this pulpit back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, Miss Debbie, let's get up here. Now, when we go by you, you're going to say, you're going to say. Anybody else want in this? You're going to say. You're going to say, and we're going to agree with you. We're going to agree with you. We're going to be the witness. We're going to be the testimony that what you say, you're not going to be denied. And even though the devil come by tomorrow and somebody else got the job you were believing for, or even the devil come by and, 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 uh, the, tomorrow and the bank says, we're not going to make that loan. Or even if they, no matter what, do not be afraid. Only believe.
you got it locked on the inside. If when you get it locked on the inside, it's just a matter of place and time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do y'all got going down here? Now we're gonna just we're gonna just stand here and let you speak to the mountain. Now, if you can do that, we're gonna agree with you. Hallelujah. Okay, are you speaking to death then? Okay. Well, let's speak to the mountain of debt right now in the name of Jesus. You speak it, Joy. You speak it. <laughs> That's pretty bold, brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, the anointing of God to take hold and fulfill. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Y'all shouting this evening? Holler at, holler at the Lord right now. Let's talk to the mountain real, real fast. Is that you? Well, you don't look that wealthy right now, Rita. I don't, don't go by what you Okay. You say a wealthy woman. All right. Lay, hand, lay hands on her. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Are you shouting at that same mountain, Jimmy? Hallelujah. Praise God. You're just married to a wealthy woman, or you, or is she married to anybody? Is she going to have to kick in for you? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, according to your faith, be it done unto you now, and we will not be denied. In Jesus' name, are you a hollering tonight? Amen. Amen. In Jesus' Now, in Jesus' name, the words have changed the course of your life. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Absolutely. Are you hollering this evening? You have promotion. That's you promoted down there? Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, these words are stout against little, against small, and against time. In Jesus' name, they shall come to pass. They are fulfilled now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What are you hollering about tonight? Full healing? You want it all? That's a, okay, here it comes. In the name of Jesus, full healing. Full healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Amen. I agree. Thank you, Lord. It is so. Now, those words are out finding Munchkin now in Jesus' name. And she is super. She's got GPS. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, amen in Jesus' name. So let it be. So let it be in Jesus' name. Amen. It is so. Praise God. Are you hollering tonight, Joan? Well, amen. Amen. We can get in the boat about that. Well, yeah, we do. Hallelujah. Let's all speak in tongues tonight. We all speak in tongues tonight. It's easy. It's easy. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so it is. And so it is. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, don't let the devil steal nothing from you. Jesus is saying to you tonight, fear not, only believe. You already got it inside of you. You may not have the whole picture, but there's something inside of you. You know what to do. 
You know how to take it to the next step. You know what to do to make this thing work. You know where you're missing it, where you've not pulled, pulled it together. You know where if you've been lazy or distracted or, or drawn off by certain people or, or not made the adjustment. You know how to get your heart and get your mind back. So do it. And if you've already made this declaration, well, just stand. Just stand. Only believe. Amen? Amen. I bless you in the name of Jesus and declare your path clear tonight. Wisdom and favor are before you and follow after you. And it is well, it is well with you. People are coming into your path to receive ministry from you. People are coming into your path to give you God's heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.